It is Monday, December 28th, 2020, and you are listening to The Tommy C Show, a think tank for logic and truth that are sewn into the fabric of our liberties. Today, I will spend some time talking about a pathway to bypass the Washington establishment in order to get term limits implemented for members of Congress without their ability to stop it. Coming up next on The Tommy C Show. Good evening. Welcome to The Tommy C Show. I am your host, Tom. Thank you for tuning into the podcast that's become a popular resource for patriotic truth and action, the podcast that dares to challenge misinformation on either side of the political spectrum. Hey, I'm going to jump into something today that I think is a hot topic for all of us uh, at our wits end uh, with so many members of Congress, and, and that's term limits. It's something that's been talked about for quite a while. In light of how badly they've turned on the American people, at least as how deep that's been uncovered in recent months it's something that we really need to talk seriously about and the only way that's done of course is by amendment to the constitution and why would congress limit their own terms right they don't represent our will as it is right now they're certainly not going to do this for themselves well the good thing is is that our founders uh, you know they they had a lot of foresight and they considered multiple ways that things could happen or people could lose power and ways to try to regain that power. It's not easy. It's it's a fight. It's something that's hard. But it's not it's not undoable. It's not something that we can't achieve. Now, Article 5 of the United States Constitution describes the processes by uh, whereby the Constitution, our, our nation's frame of government, may be altered. And under Article 5, the process to alter the Constitution consists of proposing an amendment or amendments and the subsequent ratification processes. Now, Article 5 reads, The Congress, whenever two-thirds of both houses shall deem it necessary, shall propose amendments to this Constitution, or on the application of of the legislatures of two-thirds of several states, shall call a convention for proposing, proposing amendments. So what this really says here is that amendments can either be achieved by two-thirds vote in Congress, both chambers, the House and the Senate, or a convention of the states called for by two-thirds of the state legislatures. Now, that's 34 states, and I'm going to get into that in a little bit. It may seem like a lot, but it's not, because I think people are immediately going to, well, we've got 26 states, you know, we've got 26 red states. But it's more than that, because this isn't governors, it's legislatures. I'm going to talk about that in just a minute. Now, there are a number of prominent jurists and legal scholars out there that in the past have warned that a constitutional convention could open up the Constitution to very radical and harmful changes. Uh, One instance is late Justice uh, Scalia said, I think back in like 2014, that he would never want to see a constitutional convention because who knows what would come of it. And similarly, former Chief Justice Warren Burger wrote in 1988 that there is no way to effectively limit or muzzle the actions of a constitutional convention, that the convention could make its own rules and set its own agenda, that Congress might try to limit the convention to one amendment or one issue, but there's no way to assure that the convention would obey. After a convention is convened, it's too late to stop the convention if they don't like its agenda. And there are some real concerns with the Constitutional Convention, and we need to look objectively at this. You know, a convention could write its own rules. The Constitution provides no guidance whatsoever on the grounds, uh, ground rules for a convention. 
This leaves it wide open to political considerations and pressures um, from such fundamental questions, fundamental questions as how the delegates would be chosen, how many delegates each state would have, and and whether a supermajority vote would be required to approve amendments. You know, to illustrate, I guess, the importance of these issues, consider that if every state had one vote in the convention and the convention could approve amendments with a simple majority vote, the 26 least populous states, which contain less than 18% of the nation's people, could approve an amendment for the ratification of the Constitution. So it's pretty heavy and pretty serious stuff, but that could also work in our favor. You know, one of the other drawbacks is that a, constitu a constitutional convention could set its own agenda and really be heavily influenced by powerful interest groups. Now, the only constitutional convention in U.S. history was in 1787, and it went far beyond its mandate. I mean, it was charged with amending the Articles of Confederation to promote trade among the states. And the, convention, and the convention instead wrote an entirely new governing document, our Constitution, that we have today. So there's no guarantee that a convention could be limited to a particular set of issues, such as those related to just achieving term limits or balancing the federal budget. It can be a Pandora's box, um, and it can be uh, a place for powerful, well-funded special interest groups to seek influence in the process and to press for changes to the agenda among states that they might be particularly friendly to. So, again, it's a constitutional convention today was it's pretty much a free-for-all, uh, and the broad language uh, of state resolutions it could really open it up to things that we don't want it to be. However, at the same point in time, it may be our only path. And, you know, it, I don't know how we possibly convince the Congress to essentially castrate themselves. And, and that's where we're at now. So if we can't get representatives that are going to listen to us and agree to these things, then we have to look at our other options and the convention of the states is an option you know it it's just a matter of how clear the boundaries are set and if we go this route if we push our state legislatures to go this route we need to make sure that there are critical boundaries in place that they do not overstep and this is what gets back to where i've been talking about local politics and how important local and state politics are and that's why this keeps it keeps coming up and why I keep talking about it. Because this is where we're going to end up making our changes to this country. It's so important. Now, again, Article 5 you know, contains no restrictions on the scope of constitutional amendments. Other than denying states equal representation in the Senate. Which meaning all states have to have the same representation in the Senate. There's nothing you can amend to the Constitution that will change that. That's out of the scope, you know, out of bounds really. I mean, you could change a uh, congressional number of House representatives and a whole number of other things. Uh, what this comes down to, the challenge with a, a constitutional convention, again, of course, comes down to the obvious game of math. Now, but here's the deal. Where I said earlier, we have 26 red states, right? Well, this isn't about governors. It's about state legislatures. That's what's written into the Constitution. And currently, there are 30 states with legislatures that have GOP control of both chambers. 30 of our states right now are GOP-led House and GOP-led Senate in their particular states. We only need four more 
to be able to form a formal convention of the states. Then eight more to achieve a vote. Essentially, you need 34 states to form a convention of the states. Any amendment that they come up with needs to be passed by 38 states. So I'm going to talk about how we get to this 34, because that's the first step, right? It's not unimaginable. Now, we're at 30, like I said. Minnesota is split right now. They have a state, the state senate is GOP, but their house is, uh, de is Democrats. So that's the first place we start. If Minnesota can flip nine of their house seats, nine of their 75 um, Democratic house seats, we're now at 31 states. And that's not unreasonable. Nine out of 75 seats held by Democrats to, to flip nine of them, that's not undoable. It's very doable. Now that takes us to 31 seats. Now we need three more states in any of the following 19 states to flip their legislatures. And that means the House and the Senate. And nearly all of these states saw some GOP gains in 2020. Some of these are more realistic than others, and I'm going to get into those details in a minute. But those 19 states that we now have to focus on for a constitutional convention are Nevada, New Jersey, New Mexico, New York, Oregon, Rhode Island, Vermont, Virginia, Washington, Maine, Maryland, Massachusetts, Illinois, Hawaii, California, Colorado, Connecticut, or Delaware. Now, out of all of those states, I've done some research uh, as to where their state legislatures lie right now. What are the splits on them? And there are three states that we can focus on, I think, reasonably to, to, to get that to that 34. The easiest one is going to be Virginia. Well, Virginia needs to flip two of their 21 Senate seats, just two of their 21 Senate seats, and six of their 55 House seats. Um, that are currently held by Democrats. So uh, that's not much. That's not much at all. Two Senate seats, six House seats, out of uh, you know a total of 76 there. The next state that is going to probably be uh, one of the easier ones, uh, believe it or not, is going to be Colorado. Colorado needs to flip two, again, two Senate seats out of their 19 that are currently held by Democrats. And nine House seats that... Uh, are currently 41 Democrats sitting in them. So nine of the 41 need to flip in the Colorado House and two of the 19 in the Colorado Senate. And the last one is Delaware, uh, believe it or not, uh, in, the, in the northeast of all places. But that is currently the next one that's got the closest split that's reasonable. Delaware would need to flip floor, four Senate seats of the 14 currently held by Democrats and six House seats of the 26 currently held by Democrats. So those three states, Virginia, Colorado, and Delaware, are within striking distance, easily within striking distance, of flipping their legislatures to the GOP. And with Minnesota, if they can flip again uh, nine of the 75 seats currently held by Dems, that gives us those four states. We're now at 34 states with Republican or GOP legislatures in both houses. That's all you need. Then, it, I mean, it's at that point in time, it's people engaging and calling and writing and talking to their representatives and pushing for this constitutional convention and for the legislatures to draft what that looks like for those particular states. Folks, this is not an unreasonable pathway. It, 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 in fact, it's a much easier pathway than what we're currently looking at with Congress. This can be done. Again, What's very important is that as we approach this and as we look at this, 
we have to make sure that their boundaries are put in place so that they don't overstep. So we don't open Pandora's box and give more than what we really bargain for with doing a convention of the states. Because essentially, a convention of the states isn't just writing another amendment. It's giving them the power to almost rewrite the entire Constitution if they wanted to. Now again, if they're GOP-led, we're not as worried about this, right? I mean, still, you don't want any overreaching on either side. Um, But... They're closer to the Constitution, especially if we are pushing to put the right officials in these seats. And locally, they are certainly less radical than nationally, at least in most of these states. Now, I've continually said that there are paths, there are remedies, and we have tools. But these require everyone's effort. We need more action and less bitching on the internet. We, we need more constructive dialogue and less complaining or thirsting for blood. We can do the work and we can make it happen. And just as I said in my last show, it's through the importance of local politics. These local and state politics are where we can make the difference. And folks, we are positioned very well right now with our state legislatures in the states that we have control to be able to, these states that are already red, they can already start drafting their plans for, you know, a, a convention of the states. And you should be making calls to your representatives and letters to your representatives now demanding that they do this and the things that you want to see them tackle, whether that's balancing the federal budget or its term limits or if there's some other hot button. But at a minimum, we have to push for this for term limits. And, you know, maybe there are other things in there that we, we look at, too. Uh, but it's certainly the term limits have to be one. So those are things we can already be doing right now and be pushing for. And, and action and progress can be made on these things. And as we get into the next, uh, you know, set of your state elections with your state Senate and House members being up for election in their ballots... That's where you can flip those seats, and that's where we need to focus on. And the great thing is, is that everybody in the country can help these four states get to that point by resources, by campaigning, by making phone calls, whatever it is that we can do. We, we don't need all 50 states to get on this. So we don't need to waste all of our resources trying to turn a state like Vermont that's almost entirely blue you know, into a red legislature. It makes no point. It's not going to serve us any good. Put the resources where we can make a difference. And that's all I have for today. If you enjoyed the show, I'd be very grateful if you'd take a minute to share it with your friends and family. If you're on Apple and would leave me a positive review, it would be very appreciated. Feel free to follow and engage with me on Parlor. My handle is at the Tommy C Show. Friends, it is time for all of us to passionately take action, and we the people have a proud history of doing just that. Thank you for listening to The Tommy C. Show, a podcast for truth, power, and action. Until next time, sapientia es potentia. Wisdom is power.